Hello, this is Nikdha from Newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Saturday, the 21st of March. In case you're wondering why my voice sounds different, it's because we at Newslaundry are trying to record our podcast from home in view of the coronavirus outbreak. Moving on to the news of the day. The total number of coronavirus cases in India have risen to 283 today. Two more people from Gurgaon have tested positive for the virus, bringing the count of the total number of cases in the district to six. In Noida too, one more person has reportedly tested positive. Three more people in Punjab have also tested positive. The total number of cases in the state is now six. Three new COVID-19 cases have also been confirmed in Karnataka, taking the total positive cases in the state to 18. Ladakh has reported three new cases, taking the total number of cases there to 13. Chhattisgarh, Puducherry, and Chandigarh have reported one positive case each. Several other places, including West Bengal, Rajasthan, Haryana, Kerala, and Gujarat reported new cases today. The Jammu and Kashmir Muslim Waqf Board has ordered the suspension of regular prayers in shrines and mosques affiliated with the board till further orders. Chennai Corporation too has ordered to close all beaches in the city and the suburban coast to prevent gatherings. The order will be effective from 3 p.m. today until further notice. Delhi Chief Minister Arvind Kejriwal has announced that all government press conferences will now be conducted digitally. In a tweet, he said it is very important that all journalists who are at the forefront of the battle against corona also protect themselves as they work in a high exposure environment. The Chief Minister also said that the government has decided not to lock down the national capital, but it may do so in the future. He said that the government has also decided to ban all gatherings of more than five people in the national capital. Earlier, the ban was for a gathering of more than 20 people. Auto rickshaws and taxis will be off the road in Delhi as several unions have extended support to Prime Minister Narendra Modi's call for a Janta curfew. Arunachal Pradesh has postponed civic and rural body elections that were scheduled to be held in April and May. Uttar Pradesh Chief Minister Yogi Adityanath has declared that 15 lakh daily wage laborers and more than 20 lakh construction workers will be given 1,000 rupees each to help them with daily needs. Uttar Pradesh has recorded 24 cases of coronavirus so far. The Tamil Nadu government has announced a partial closure of its border with Karnataka, Kerala and Andhra Pradesh from Saturday morning until March 31st in order to contain the pandemic. According to the ban, non-essential vehicular traffic from these states will not be allowed to enter Tamil Nadu. India registered its largest single-day spike yesterday with 63 new cases. While 23 have recovered so far, 4 have died. Thankfully, the government has finally decided to change the testing criteria for COVID-19 to include all pneumonia cases, regardless of travel or contact history. Earlier, testing was limited to symptomatic patients with travel or contact history and symptomatic health workers with contact history. India now has 13 more COVID-19 testing centers. The seven announced earlier have been made functional and six new centers have been added, taking the total number from 62 to 75. The number of COVID-19 cases in Maharashtra, the state worst hit by the outbreak in India, rose to 63 today after 11 new infections were reported. State Health Minister Rajesh Tope said eight out of the 11 patients had a travel history and three were infected after coming into contact with them. Tope said hospitals in the state have more than 250 beds for isolation and over 7,000 ordinary beds. The state has ordered the closure of public spaces, including schools and other non-essential establishments. 
Chief Minister Uddhav Thakre announced that all workplaces in Mumbai and Pune will remain closed till March 31st. The shutdown will also be applicable in Mumbai metropolitan region, Pimpri Chinchwar and Nagpur. Government offices in Maharashtra will operate at 25% strength instead of 50%. Thakre also announced that only shops selling essential goods will remain open. As shops and establishments prepare to shut down following the Maharashtra government's order, tens of thousands of workers in Mumbai and Pune who work in the unorganized sector, as well as auto rickshaw and taxi drivers, throng to railway ticket counters to return to their hometowns, which are mostly in Uttar Pradesh and Bihar. Most of them are trying to return to their native places, fearing that train and bus services might stop soon. The Central Railway said it would run at least 15 special trains to the eastern and northern parts of the country to clear the rush. There are at least three special trains planned for Gorakhpur, of which two will leave from Mumbai and one from Pune. Two more trains will ply to Howrah, one each from Mumbai and Pune. Other trains will run to Patna, Danapur, Mandwari and Balharsha. The special trains will mostly have sleeper and general coaches with just two or three AC coaches. Indian Railways has said that its passengers will be fully refunded if they cancel their tickets till April 15th as a step to avoid crowding in public places and aid social distancing. The railways also said that passengers will be refunded 100% if trains are cancelled between March 21st and April 15th this year and those who do not wish to travel on operational trains also will get their money back. The Indian Railways has said that it will not operate any passenger trains from any railway station in the country from midnight on Saturday to 10 p.m. on Sunday when a Janta curfew will be observed. Mail and express trains will also stop services from 4 a.m. on Sunday. All intercity trains will also remain cancelled till 10 p.m. on Sunday. Suburban train services in Mumbai, Delhi, Kolkata, Chennai and Secunderabad will be reduced to a bare minimum as well. Meanwhile, Ola has suspended its share services and the government has capped the price of sanitizers to 100 bucks for 200 ml. Oh, by the way, this will not surprise you. Four people have been arrested in Maharashtra's Jalna for hoarding hand sanitizers worth over 6 lakh rupees. Now for some worldwide coronavirus updates. Italy reported 627 new coronavirus deaths yesterday, its highest number in a single day, pushing the total death toll in the country to above 4,000. Spain became the second European nation to register more than 1,000 deaths and officials there warned that the country's healthcare system could soon be overwhelmed. French officials continue to tighten restrictions on movement ahead of the expected peak of the pandemic there. In Germany, authorities in the southern state of Bavaria issued an order asking people to stay indoors. And Britain too has reluctantly agreed to shut down one of its national symbols, the beloved pub. Prime Minister Boris Johnson told the country's cafes, pubs and restaurants to close Friday night along with nightclubs, theatres, gyms, movie theatres and sports facilities. While China claims to have lowered its rate of new cases essentially to zero, Europe's numbers grow faster each day. About 100,000 confirmed infections and 5,000 deaths in all so far, suggesting that the worst is yet to come. Governments across Latin America are ordering large-scale closures and lockdowns to try and contain the virus as anxiety and confirmed infections rise in a part of the world that has so far largely escaped the mass outbreak. All of Colombia will be under lockdown starting Tuesday, days after Argentina began requiring residents to remain at home aside from visits to supermarkets, pharmacies, hospitals and other essential locations.
Chile too has closed down all restaurants and movie theaters. In the United States, tens of millions began living under stricter quarantine measures. Illinois and Connecticut on Friday afternoon joined New York in telling all residents to stay home outside of certain permissible activities and essential work services. This followed an order by California earlier in the week, while Pennsylvania on Thursday mandated all non-essential businesses to close and New Jersey planned to take on similar action on Saturday. Non-essential businesses in those states account for about 31% of the U.S. economy. Donald Trump has said that there is no current plan for a national lockdown. The White House also announced on Friday that a member of Vice President Mike Pence's staff had tested positive for the virus and that contact tracing was underway, but neither Trump nor Pence had close contact with the individual. Amidst all this, President Trump threw a mini temper fit after an NBC reporter asked him, and I quote, what do you say to Americans who are watching you right now who are scared, unquote. An angry Trump in return said, and I quote again, I say you are a terrible reporter. That's what I say. I think it's a very nasty question, and I think it's a very bad signal that you're putting out to the American people, unquote. Meanwhile, Israel reported its first coronavirus fatality late yesterday. An 88-year-old man, apparently infected by a social worker who visited him in the nursing home in Jerusalem where he lived. There are at least 705 confirmed cases of coronavirus in the country. The entire population of 9 million people has been told to stay home except when carrying out essential tasks like grocery shopping or seeking medical care. In Australia, the popular Bondi Beach in Sydney was ordered closed today after crowds gathered there in defiance of social distancing recommendations. The island nation has 1,023 confirmed cases of the dreaded virus so far. South Korea, which has been praised for its mass testing, recorded another 147 cases, the second highest number in a week. China continued to report only imported cases with no local transmission in the 24 hours to Saturday. All 41 new cases reported by the National Health Commission were brought from overseas. Nearly 250 cases have been imported so far. There were seven deaths reported today, all in Hubei province. In Canada, recorded cases passed 1,000. Jordan began an indefinite nationwide curfew to prevent people from moving, except for emergencies. The Jordanian army said anyone violating the curfew can be jailed up to a year. The Philippines recorded its 19th death from coronavirus, with confirmed cases rising to 262. More than half the country is under strict home quarantine. The head of World Health Organization issued a stark warning to young people, reminding them that they are not invincible. He said, and I quote, Today I have a message for young people. You are not invincible. This virus could put you in hospital for weeks or even kill you. Even if you don't get sick, the choices you make about where you go could be the difference between life and death for someone else, unquote. Worldwide fatalities surged past 11,000 today, according to data collected by the John Hopkins University in the United States. More than 277,000 people have been infected, while around 88,000 have recovered. Dear listeners, times are tough. If all of us take maximum precaution, we can flatten the curve, meaning slow down the spread of this godforsaken virus. As Asaf Bitten, a health worker and a researcher, aptly put it, and I quote, it's about doing as much as you possibly can and contributing your own personal discomfort or inconvenience to protect others and yourself, unquote. All of us at News Laundry are working from home as much as possible. 
social distancing has proven to be an effective step in combating the spread of this ghastly virus. To understand how and why it works, do read Meghnad's piece titled Social Distancing Explained for Immunity Freaks and Runaway Human Virus Vehicles. We also have a bunch of other articles on the pandemic. Do check them out to stay more informed. Moving on from news of the ghastly virus. The Enforcement Directorate has found that Rana Kapoor, the co-founder of Yes Bank, received undue benefits for companies owned by his family members through loans offered to major Yes Bank borrowers. The ED has found that Kapoor and his family members allegedly control around 103 firms, out of which very few had any actual business or revenue. Rana Kapoor's personal assistant Lata Dave revealed that she dealt with companies created by Kapoor. The ED is going through Rana Kapoor's financial records and those of the family-owned businesses. The agency plans to record the statement of Naresh Goel, the former chairman of the now-defunct Jet Airways, in connection with loans from the bank. Subhash Chandra of the SL Group has also been summoned by the ED in connection with the Yes Bank case. He arrived today at the agency's office in Mumbai. He will be questioned about loans worth around 8,400 crore rupees borrowed from Yes Bank by the SL Group and on whether there were any kickbacks for Rana Kapoor. The ED's probe revealed that Yes Bank, at the time when Rana Kapoor was at its helm, allegedly lent rupees 30,000 crores to several companies or groups. Out of this, 20,000 crore rupees are already considered the bank's non-performing assets. The agency believes that at least 4,800 crore rupees have been laundered or siphoned. A day after the four convicts of the Nirbhaya gang rape were executed, the United Nations has called on all nations to stop the use of capital punishment or put a moratorium on it. It was the first time that four men were hanged together in Tihar Jail, South Asia's largest prison complex that houses more than 16,000 inmates. The executions were carried out after the men exhausted every possible legal avenue to escape the gallows. Their desperate attempts only postponed the inevitable by less than two months after the first date of execution was set for January 22nd. The execution of the four convicts brings the curtains down on the case that shook not just India but also the world with details of its brutality. The widespread protests subsequently paved way for a change in India's rape laws. Do watch Abhinandan's interview with the former Tihar jailer Sunil Gupta. Gupta speaks about Charles Sobrad's escape, the police prisoner dynamics, police brutality, custodial deaths, Afzal Guru, and corruption in Tihar jail. There's some sad news for country music fans. Kenny Rogers, whose legendary music career spanned nearly six decades, has died at the age of 81 from natural causes. Rogers topped the charts during the 1970s and 80s and won three Grammy Awards. He was best known for his hit song, The Gambler, which was released in 1978. In 2007, The Gambler became the unofficial anthem of the England World Cup rugby team, bringing Rogers back to the spotlight. He was inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame in 2013, the same year he played at Glastonbury and received a Lifetime Achievement Award from the Country Music Association. Let me end today's episode on a hopeful note. Italian soccer clubs, players and fans have banded together to raise millions of euros to support the country's stretched health system amid the devastating coronavirus outbreak. A series of campaigns by clubs, players and owners have helped fight back against the crisis that is being felt at every level of Italian society. AS Roma delivered 8,000 pairs of protective gloves and 2,000 bottles of hand sanitizers to churches around the capital where they will be redistributed to those most in need. 
Inter Milan donated 300,000 face masks to the public health department. First team players and staff at Inter Milan have donated 500,000 euros. Crowdfunding campaigns set up by Roma, AC Milan, Juventus and Fiorentina have raised more than 420,000 euros. Individual players too have made considerable donations and have been conducting campaigns to raise awareness. The largest contributions came from two of the biggest names in the country. Former Italian Prime Minister and ex-president of AC Milan, Silvio Berlusconi, donated 10 million euros to the Lombardy region to help build a 400-bed intensive care unit. The Ignelli family, owners of the Juventus football club, matched the sum to support the National Health Service. Now for some homegrown stuff from Newslaundry.com. Our reporters Basant and Ayush have been following the aftermath of Delhi riots. Did you know, with the exception of Ankit Sharma, all those who were killed and dumped in the drains during the riots were Muslims? Their report is out and it is a must read. Let me read out the opening paragraph for you. The body surfaced at 3 p.m. on March 1st. Chandravati, 55, was standing on her terrace when the body appeared in the dark waters of the drain behind her home in Gokulpuri, Delhi. I've lived here for the last 40 years and never seen anything like this, she said. My head was spinning the entire day. She shook her head. He was a tall boy in a green shirt. His head was inside the water and the back bent outwards. It passed right in front of my house. The body floated past Chandravati towards the Gokulpuri metro station, continuing a journey down the drain that had begun from northeast Delhi's Joripur. For half an hour or so, men stood by the road, attentively watching the drain, a water body deposited by silt and garbage in equal measure. Two policemen watched from the metro station. Traffic stopped too, causing a minor jam. Everyone wanted to partake in the spectacle. Do read the rest of the report. Mind you, this one is behind the paywall. In-depth reports like these require an extra amount of time and resources. And as you all know, News Laundry is a 100% ad-free news platform. To bring you the complete picture of every story, we do not depend on advertisers or sponsors. And that is because we believe that news needs to be kept independent. Why, you ask? Because when advertisers pay, advertisers are served. But when the public pays, the public is served. So subscribe to us and empower us to bring you more of such comprehensive ground reports about issues that matter. Go to newslaundry.com and hit the subscribe button on the top right corner of the website. We are counting on you. That's all for today. Have a great day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. And don't forget to wash your hands and do not touch your face. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube channel.